Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Two Dudes in One Car. This week, we sit down with Brandon McCann of the Double Eagle Tour. We discuss Brandon's new business venture, the history of the tour, and golf in general. Sit back, enjoy, and thanks for listening. And as always, give us a five-star review, like and follow, and check all our social medias out. And while you're at it, take a look at the Double Eagle Tour and join. Give these guys a try. It's a wonderful tour. I play on it myself, and you'll hear about that in the podcast. Thanks again. Enjoy the episode. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Two Dudes in One Cart. Unfortunately, I kind of uh, hosed John a little bit today and because uh, me and Brandon were kind of going back and forth in times, and he is on the golf course. So it'll just be me and Brandon McCann from the Double Eagle Tour. Brandon, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you. So, Brandon, why don't you give us a little bit of your background, uh, as much as you want to, of how you got in the game of the golf and uh, kind of uh, where you are today. Well, um, golfing was one of those things I was kind of interested in just by watching TV when I was a kid and the players. And I was always interested by how talented those guys were. So um, my mom bought me a set of clubs from the old Dunham's at Greenwood Park Mall back when I was fifth or sixth grade. And I would always practice on the Greenwood Middle School football field until I got ran off by the eighth grade gym teacher. So um, she took me to my first round of golf at Smock, and I actually became real close friends with Jan Telstrom. And I would ride my bike over there with my clubs strapped on to the handlebars. Um, and Jan would just tell me not to get anybody's way, but would just wave me on and let me play and not do anything like that. So that's kind of where the love of the game started for me. Um, from there, I did play a little bit of middle school golf, a little bit of high school golf until I switched from Greenwood to Perry Meridian, and then I focused on tennis. But uh, the love of the games never left. Um, and then from there, it's just it was casual golf for a while until I got invited by the marketing manager at Hardee's, which was the company I was working for at the time. He ran this league called Double Eagle Tour, and I couldn't play a lot because my daughter was doing travel softball and things of that nature. But I got out four or five, six times a year and just kind of fell in love with the guys. And uh, when I had an opportunity to take more of a, um, a leadership position with the tour, I took it because, again, I'm about helping guys love the game and just helping people participate in some fun competitiveness. So at the end of the day, it's what I'm still doing. And I've been a part of this league for this will be year 11, so 10 years in and I mean, each year it's an adventure, but we uh, we have a good time, and I think the uh, the guys like the golf, and we do a we do a good job of of um, being respectful to the game. So how how many guys? I tell you what, let's do it from the start. When when you first got involved with DET, what was your average? Uh, we'll just say attendance, like or number of members you had in the beginning when you started, anyway. Um, it was a, it was relatively low. They had a drop off whenever I came on. We had some really good guys that first year that we were probably four or five tee times deep. And then the first year I got on there, we were three, four tee times deep because some guys like, again, you're having kids and these kids are growing up and they're getting into athletics or dance or different things like that. They're all of a sudden, 
dad time going to the golf course turns into son or daughter time going to the ball field or the, or the recital or things of that nature. So a lot of good golfers left and we got low for a minute. Um, when I got into the leadership position, we really took a strong approach on trying to grow membership. And last year, in the last two years, we've managed to get up to six tee times on several occasions. Um, but typically, we're in the five range. So we're averaging 20, 24 guys a session. So what do you think um... – what do you think the hardest part about getting growth in your group is? Is it just um, word of mouth or is it just, is it just hard to compete? I know here in Indiana, we're, we're pretty heavy with the amount of different golf groups that you can join and different, uh, and they're all varying levels and some of them have a little bit more backing than others. Um, do you think that's part of the struggle or you just think it's part of just guys just don't want to play in kind of a, tournament style golf well a lot of the there are a lot of leagues in indiana from golf week to indianapolis amateur to us am um, and a lot of these guys do have that national backing or the ability to go play different courses outside of their locale which for me is, is it's interesting i haven't taken opportunity to do that with any other league that i've played in but I feel like maybe some of our struggles is, is there's just a lot of competition and those guys feel like maybe a flighted division is more suited for their golf or their competitiveness because um, a lot of individuals don't necessarily, I don't want to say agree or disagree with world handicap index or how different groups handicap their leagues or flight their leagues, but, I feel like maybe they think that's more fair for their abilities. So they choose them over us. We are a one group play against everybody indexed league. So that way you can be a six handicap or a 25 handicap. And you guys are competing against each other based off the way we've structured our index and our handicap. So um, word of mouth, just competition. Internal growth has basically been what we've been all about. We're trying to stretch out and reach more people. One of the reasons why um, you've allowed me the opportunity to come on this today, which we're hoping this is going to be a little bit more of a, an outreach to get more guys to say, hey, Double Eagle Tour is a viable option to come play. And genuinely, like, we're just a good group of guys. I mean, there's not a bunch of infighting. There's not a but We joke around, clown around. You know, we do typical golf guy stuff. But at the end of the day, when it's time to get competitive, we get competitive and we get the juices flowing. And and there's some guys that, you, I mean, you, you've been a part of that before where sometimes that juice gets flowing and people start acting a little bit outside their norm and, and the little flares get fired up. But that's just competitive golf. And that's just what guys do when you're playing competitive golf. Um, I don't have a great answer for that, though. I really think it's the internal development is what we're struggling at because that's the only guys we're getting. And the external development is non-existent because people don't really give us much opportunity until they come in and realize it's actually pretty fun league to join. Yeah, and I mean, uh, just so everybody knows, I I played on the DUT last year. I'm going to play this year. Uh, I played on the – played some events – um, on a couple of the other tours, I, I would say that what I found about DET, it's 
it's in a very uh, affordable option. Um, all the guys are great. Um, well, for the most part, <laughs> all the, yeah, all there's the guys, always a few outliers, my friend, all, all the guys are, all the guys are great. And everybody, uh, you know, everybody plays well together and that's a big thing. And you're right. You can, you can have temper tempers flare, but I think most of the time, time you hit the parking lot, it's pretty much a, an over, you know, it's just, Hey, it was just out there having a good time, getting your, getting the competitive juices going. Um, so that's, that's a major reason I, I do want you guys to, uh, experience some growth. And I think that, uh, DET is a very good option for, uh, for a wide range of, of handicaps or talent level, if you will. Um, and all the guys are great. Nobody gives anybody, you know, even if you're, whether you're a, a 20 or a two, I mean, everybody, you know, everybody has a chance. We proved that last year. I think we had, what did you have? Only two, three, we maybe? 12, we had 12 winners and 15 mm-hmm. events. Yeah. Our parity, our parity is amazing. So what do you think in your time of doing this, it, what do you think the challenges are, uh, let's say just in the rules department, how challenging is that with a group where you have, you know, 10, 12, 18 guys? Um, rules are rules. Uh, a little bit about us. Um, we play 16 events. Um, we do quadrants. So at the end of every quadrant, there's a major, which is we're FedEx cup point style event. So you finish first, you get 600 points, second 500 and it goes and it tears down from there. Um, at majors, you go to 750, 650, and it tears down from there. But they're higher quality courses. They're more difficult courses. So we give them a little bit more premium on the points. Um, we do your best three of your last eight for index. So if one guy goes out and shoots a crazy low round, he may win that event. But that's a 33% now of his total index, which is going to lower his number significantly. And those guys typically don't sniff the top five again until they rotate through those last eight rounds. So what we find out is the ability to do three of eight, you get to rotate your index quickly. Um, You're not stuck on eight of 20 like World Handicap Index, where you're not necessarily fluctuating your index as quickly as maybe you, you could in other leagues or actually some like USAM's their last eight of 12. So there's a lot more opportunity for lower handicapped guys to sneak up and win. There's a lot of opportunities for higher handicapped guys to sneak up and win. But again, going into the last week of our season in 2023, we have five guys mathematically eligible to win the championship. You just don't get that opportunity, I think, in a lot of the other tours. They're flighted. Like I played in one where – there's some events that I was, I was playing against four guys. And to me, that's not a bunch of fun. Um, I did it because it gave me opportunities to play courses. I couldn't normally play because they have a better outreach, but our schedule is not bad. Um, we're playing our majors at rock hollow foul camping and Sultan's run this year. And those are four high quality courses in this state. And we try to stay locally centralized in Indiana with a few outliers. But like you said, we come across as very affordable. We are raising rates to $120 this year, this year to be a member. But then you're just paying your green fees and whatever pots you want to get in, whether it's the event pot or a doubles pot, or we get back into skins. 
So it's not, we're not trying to take all your money and it's not a win a lot of money league. It's a go out there, be competitive and, and do competitive golf, but friendly and affordable and with a good group of guys. So it it's fun. I'm hooked on this group. I love growing this group. It's just been an amazing run. Do you find it difficult to <clears throat> appease a larger group? You're not going to appease everybody. So what we try to do is find a common middle ground. Um, but there are some individuals that in, in any, in any group of golf that you play with that um, isn't happy with something. So what you just try to do is you just try to do what's best for the group and that's it. <laughs> well, we, got a couple, we have a couple of local roles like Indiana bunkers aren't the greatest. So we allow for a rake in place which is very common in other golf groups in this state. Um, some of our guys want to play everything down. Like, you shouldn't move it. And then other guys think we should be able to roll fluff. It's not that competitive. Why are we treating it like it's a PGA Tour event? Well, we want to play golf as close to the way the rules are written as possible. So we do play the ball down. We do play different things. But we also are – very cognizant of pace of play. So we've made a couple of, of rule changes like treating out of bounds as lateral water hazards and things of that nature. So are we by the book? No, but we're pretty darn close on how we treat the game and the rules. So there's not a lot of complaining anymore. We've really kind of, we've kind of got all the gray area knocked out to where we just go show up, play golf and go home. And the, the best golfer wins. Congratulations. We shake your hands. We take your picture, give you a medal or a trophy and, and we'll see you in a week or two, and we'll do it again. So what do you find the biggest uh, challenge of kind of being in a role, in a role of where you got to control, you know, kind of governing uh, governing the league and then playing in it as well? Um, biggest challenge <laughs> that we probably have to get more communication in regards to the players' input on things, which we put out a survey monkey this year. Um, asking about courses, rule changes, things of that nature, which was a, a very positive experience for us as a board with the feedback that we got, feeling like they were a part of of helping us grow this league. Um, again, you're not going to make everybody happy. So sometimes when we pick a course that may be too far away, we get a little bit of, um, of pushback on how we should be playing more localized courses. Um, sometimes we don't play quality course we get a little bit of pushback on, Hey, we really should take that one off because it's not the best quality course. But what we're trying to do is, is make an affordable golf league that's competitive, respectable distance. And I mean, at the end of the day, our job or my job is to just help facilitate the best possible group to be able to enjoy it as a whole. I just, yeah, and I I think that's I think all you really can do. That's really. all you can do. Like you can't let the individuals that speak the loudest control the group because there's a lot of uh, dominant personalities out in, in the golf industry. So you listen to them, you, you go through the process of taking their feedback, but you take that to the guys that help run the league. You go through the process. And if it's something that works, we implement it. If it's something that doesn't, we, we thank them for their input and we tell them that we're not going in that direction. Um, but we've really gotten past a lot of that stuff over the last few years to where people can literally just show up, play golf, go home. That gray area of different things of 
of the little guy in the background is getting a little cranky on me now. <laughs> Liam's going to say hi to the podcast. <laughs> but um, it's just go play golf, have fun, and enjoy your time away from whatever escape of reality you need for four, five, six hours, however long we're out there for the day, depending on drive time and all your fun stuff like that. And then go home and, and we do every other week typically. So if your honeydew list grows, you don't have to be out on the golf course every Saturday. You can be home doing some stuff with the family and friends and taking care of whatever tightening of bolts on the cabinets you need to do or the oil change on the car. We run late March through through late or early October. We have a Ryder Cup, 54 holes at the end of the year, which will this will be our fourth year doing that. And it's all just positive fun enlightening fellowship behavior we're going to get a cookout or uh, some type of uh, pitching for a summer get together this year also with the guys and it's really as close to family for a group of 20 guys that you could possibly have i think it's and if people give us a chance and actually participate i think they'll agree that this is family not necessarily a golf game yeah and i, I think once you've <clears throat> once you uh grow a group and you know you've kind of all been together and uh you know give it a couple years i think it develops in that anyway as far as uh kind of a fellowship camaraderie camaraderie if you will well do you think that uh <clears throat> what how difficult is it with the size of your group to get I mean, not just typically your your standard everyday course, but to get onto some of these, uh, like the fouls. <clears throat> I know Rock Hollows uh, is is generally pretty uh, open, um, but do you find any difficulty whatsoever in saying, "Hey, my group wants to come out. We're you know we're DET and we're going to have X amount of players." And I mean, do you have any kickback from any of that, or is it just, "Hey, we just need you to keep up pace of play" type stuff? So typically speaking, we've developed some pretty solid relationships with different courses throughout our tenure. Um, Scott Collins, assistant golf pro at Boilermaker, is an outstanding ally for D Double Eagle Tour for us. Um, you're talking $109 course that he gets us on for $59, $69, including range bowls because of that relationship that we have with him. So we play both Campin and Akron. Um, developing relationship with Scott has helped us develop a relationship with Fowl. And Fowl was difficult. We couldn't get it on the tour last year because they had, where we were booked, they had a junior tournament come in and took us over, and we couldn't get it rescheduled because it was our, our season finale. Um, getting them on board and helping, we can, we can actually book Fowl now. Um, we haven't yet. Salton's Run is another one where we actually ran into them at the Indiana Golf Show and were able to book um, because we told them we had 20 players, maybe no worse than 16, could be 24, um, could be more depending on how many people want to join because, again, plenty of time for you to still sign up. We'll get you the info later, guys. But we were able to get on there at 8 o'clock in the morning uh, for June 22nd already booked. So we typically get about, when we tell them who we are, what we are, we can usually get about four weeks out, most of the times two, but we very rarely have any incidents where we have to change the schedule or do anything like that because we do try to stay within the same 20, 22 courses 
every other year basis with our mainstay 10, 8 to 10 that we play all the time. Um, because, again, those are some of the higher quality courses, and those are the ones that allow us to have grown a relationship with and give us a little bit of treatment as such. So it's nice. Yeah. And I think that's a huge deal. I mean, people need to know that, that you do have a solid relationship with a lot of different courses because you've been playing them for, you know, you've been around, the group's been around for a while. Um, a lot of the uh, other tournaments really don't have that kind of relationship, although they do have a little bit of a national backing. Um, but I think you guys, I mean, from my time on there, I think you guys are unique as far as how you do your tournaments and, or just, uh, trying to think of the right words here, but how you're set up. I mean, if anybody out there has any issue of how you're doing the the indexes of their handicap, I would say uh, they're wrong because, I mean, you followed right along with mine. I remember sitting at uh, uh, Timbergate and you telling me that mine dropped, and I just laughed because I looked at my phone at my current, and it was the exact same number. So I said, well, I said, well, I hate to tell Brandon he's doing this right, but I guess I'll have to tell him he was right. <laughs> yeah, on everything, we keep this affordable because we don't we don't purchase live scoring apps. Golf Genius was great. We had Golf Genius for three, four years. And then Golf Genius pricing just went crazy high and was outside the scope of what we could afford as a group. So we don't have live scoring. We have pen paper pencil scorecards and we have excel worksheets and everything that i do is accurate as possible um but i have a spreadsheet with everybody's scores for the last 20 rounds because i want you to have a legitimate index along with a double eagle tour index so if you ever want to say brina what's my eight of 20 index i'm going to give you your number and it'll be within point one. yeah it, it's there's we do three of eight, which means it's a little bit more, I would say it's a little bit more stern on, on your good round because that's what we want to count. It prevents sandbagging, number one. It also evens out the field between the higher and the lower index guys because even the, even the higher index guys have a few good rounds in there. So they may not be as consistent, but they're still able to be competitive. So – and last year, if last was the first year we did three of eight, um, we had multiple events where single index guys won. We had multiple events where 20 plus index won. So we figured that sweet spot out to make it competitive for all groups, yet not penalize the good golfers or over penalize the poor golfer, the golfer with more opportunity. Let's say that. Um, and everybody's got that fair chance. So it's fun. It's a lot of work when you're doing the numbers and the index and the scoring, but we do our best to be accurate. We do our best to, um, to just create a fair environment. Yeah. And I think that's probably why you get guys that want to play or you get some guys that fall back on wanting to play in, in, in a flighted situation just because, um, they want to close the gap on their opportunity to win, I would think. Um, which so be it. I mean, that, that's just the way it is. I, I think that uh, what you guys have, it, it is pretty special. It is a, uh, you know, it does come across that way. I don't think I've never in any of the rounds I've played, not had, you know, I, I pretty much talked to every single person that was out there. 
Um, I mean, I know I'm, I'm an extremely likable guy, so that's probably part of it, but, uh, it's, I think it's a really great quality product. And I, I hope as we continue our conversation and people hear this, that they find that it's a, a strong option. Uh, cause it's nice being, you know, guys of, you know, whether you're 20 or whether you're 60, you know, whatever, to be able to still get out in a competitive situation and have a good time, you know, on a Saturday and, get your money's worth, so to speak, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And one of the things we introduced last year, too, was a forward tee. And by introducing a forward tee, the individuals that don't hit the ball off their drive as far as the rest of us could actually enjoy their round of golf. But they're taking their index and from the course slope rating of the box they're playing. So everything is still copacetic when it goes to individuals that play forward or individuals that play in the normal spots. And it remains fair because their index is based off of their new starting position. It's not as if there is a, a cosmic shift because we allowed uh, some guys to play forward. In fact, um, according to the results, only one individual of the top seven played at a forward tee box. So they got to enjoy their golf more because it, it was fun for them but it didn't result in them scoring better in regards to their index and their slope rating. So we try to make it again, as fair as possible for everybody to enjoy and to everybody to be competitive. And I think we've hit that sweet spot right now where this product is about as refined as we've ever had it. And it is about as consistent as it can be. So let's say we get some people out here that, uh, they go, man, I, I would uh, really like to try this out, come out and, and play and just see if I like it. What do you have set up for that situation? We have individuals that can come out as a guest. And individuals that come out as a guest, their scores would actually start counting towards their index if they decided to join. Um, the way we start by doing indexes, if you have to play, you have to play three rounds before you get your best one score to count. And then you have to play five rounds for your best two scores to count. And then you got to get eight rounds in for your best three scores to count. So by coming out and playing as a guest, you can already start establishing without accumulating points. And then by the time the third time you come out, we request that you either join or and we're, we're not going to kick anybody out. We've never actually had to do this, but most people have already joined by the time they come out a third time. We've never actually limited anybody, but the three is that magic number. When you come out as a guest three times, if you haven't picked by then, you probably should make a decision on if you want to join our league or not. Um, we've had guys that come in on week eight, week nine, week 10, and we prorated rates for them. So that way they can accrue points because, again, you still have Ryder Cup opportunities. We take the top 16 automatic first rider refusal. So there's a lot of guys that only play six, seven events and qualify um, because we don't get – a consistent 20, 20, we'll have 24, 28 paid members, but we'll have a consistent 16 to 20 people that come out and play on a weekly or a biweekly basis. So um, this year as well, we're introducing a referral program for members to where if a member brings on a paid member, they'll get some money back. And if they bring on three paid members, they actually are playing their, their league for free this year, except for greens fees. So that's what we're trying to do to incentivize current members to bring 
different individuals on. Um, but other than that, like anybody that wants to raise their hand, say, I want to try you guys out. You can reach out and we'll give, we'll give our contact information at the end, but um, please Facebook me, message me. You can email det of Indiana at gmail.com. And, and again, we'll discuss like contact ways towards the end. You can lead me into that, but um, we'd love to have anybody and everybody that wants to come out and join. We can handle as many players. I think, I want to come out and then we can go 30, 40, 50 if we really wanted to. Yeah. And I mean, not, not to jump ahead, but uh, obviously I'll have you send me um, all your links and I'll put them in the show notes and then I'll, uh, it'll be, I'll put it all over all of our socials. It'll be on the two dudes in one cart on Instagram. It'll be on our Facebook page. Um, you know, we'll, we'll push as hard as we can for you. That's what we do. We like to, we like to say on this program, we clap for others, Brandon. That's what we do. Anybody that's anybody that's kind of in our circle, um, we obviously want to bring everybody up with us. Um, so anything we can do to push your guys' growth, that's what we'll do because that's just who we are. Well, that's what anybody should do in reality, whether it's golf or business or, or anything like that. We're, we're not here for a long time, so why fight? Like, let's try to help each other out and watch other people succeed while we succeed. It's, it's the only way to live. So, well, so your thought process is appreciated. You have, uh, I think you guys have a really good product. And um, what, how many guys are you that uh, kind of uh, govern DET, and how do you approach that as far as? Hey, I'm thinking. You know, we kind of had this little bump in the road last year. Um, what do you guys think of this? Is this something you guys kind of? So Text there's five governing meetup. Yep, there's five governing guys that um, have an individual um, texting group. So when an individual from the tour comes out and says problem with X, we introduce that problem with X to the five tour board members, and we discuss it. We talk about what the issue was. Um, what the resolution could be moving forward. A prime example of this would be we played Timbergate last year, and there was a question on whether or not one of the guys' ball was out of bounds. Well, we have a group standard that if there is any question of any rule, then the group needs to come together, look at it, make a decision, and move forward with the individual for whom is um, the rules about being excluded from the vote per se um didn't get that opportunity there was a question um he took his penalty because one guy said he thought it was out he asked us afterwards what our thought process was and we told this individual hey get your whole group over there if you thought it was in this guy thought it was out there's still two more sets of eyes that need to look at that before that decision's made and at that point in time you guys need to make that decision Maybe I'm going to tell you that doesn't happen a bunch, but when, when we have those issues, we tend to bring it together, come up with a common resolution. And I'm going to tell you, the board doesn't always vote five Oh four one either. There's a lot of three, two votes that, that happen that are behind closed doors to a lot of guys. And um, some board members like the result because they were a part of the three, two vote and some don't because they were the two of the three, two, three vote. 
Uh, we had that a few times. This this uh, we meet at B Dubs at the beginning of the year, and we go through a few different things. So, um, but we don't typically announce all that stuff because we don't want any animosity towards any of the boats. So the board always comes across. We try to come across as a united front in regards to those types of decisions. Yeah, and I, I think that's the I, I agree with that. That's the best way. There's you don't want to have ripples overshadowing that if you will when you come across the being cohesive you have less arguments right yeah this is the way it's going to be and we we agree and you know how democracy works most people don't understand that three three years ago our biggest 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 issue that i think we've ever had is pace of play on this tour um we implemented a few small rule changes and then i put the start times that you should be at each hall based off your tea time and we were going from 515 down to 440, 430 rounds. So we've had multiple times where people would pass us because our group was too slow and things of that nature. But we've solved those problems over the last two, two and a half years to where we're welcomed anywhere. We don't cause pace of play issues. We don't, we don't have those bad eggs that make the league look like a low integrity group of guys. So those relationships that we built with courses and with different assistant pros and that nature has really, has really taken off over the last two and a half, three years. It's been fun to watch and be a part of. Yeah, I think I, I had a, I had a really good time uh, last year and looking forward to hopefully I get to play in uh, several events this year. Um, depending on work, unfortunately life gets in the way. So Brandon, let's, uh let's kind of segue over to, uh, your new venture in your life. I'm very interested to hear how that's going and how, uh, how that really started out. I really never really got to talk to you about, uh, uh, how you were doing this and, and, uh, how it was, how you, you know, kind of had a future outlook for us, but tell us a little bit about Brandon's burgers. Brandon's burgers is a lovely brainchild that occurred whenever I almost became unemployable due to the fact that I was with two different brands for almost 15 years each. Actually, I was with Hardee's for 16, Burger King for 15. Um, but my uh, my predecessor, when I was a district manager at Hardee's, um, she, uh, through COVID, we lost a lot of money. It was rough because we, um, again, I was the pallbearer at three of my regulars' funerals through COVID because the um, the breakfast club that we call them at Hardy's is an older, it's an older group of guys. And, and the fewer and fewer and fewer started coming because they were getting sick and unfortunately passing away over, over the COVID era. So sales took a turn and business went bad and she got removed from position. I got promoted. I am, um, I lost a, I lost a lot less money, but I still wasn't to the point where the owner who was out of Dallas um, was comfortable with the direction of his business. So he decided to bring in his own man and I was released and it hurt. It hurt a lot because when you spend 17, 16 years with a company and your dream was become vice president of operations and magically that's torn from you 11 months into that, into that tenure, he, he, he blackballed me on some interviews I had some district manager jobs lined up. I had another Hardy's vice president operations lined up for Northern Indiana franchisee also from Dayton, Cincinnati and Toledo and 
all of a sudden I got a phone call saying, Brandon, we're going in a different direction. And I was just dumbfounded as to why. So I would go on an interview that a recruiter set up. I was told I had too much talent, too much experience. Didn't think I would be happy working as this for this company or this little pay that they were going to offer. So I decided I know this business like the back of my hand. I've been in burgers and chicken in the food industry since I was 15 years old. Let's do it myself. So I created a menu. I bought a trailer, built out the trailer 85% myself, got into business October 6th as Brandon's Burgers. And from there, we've actually been doing some pretty amazing things in a short period of time to where I've got 29 five-star reviews on Facebook, three five-star review on Google. And to be a mobile food business on Google is not the easiest because you change addresses a lot. Um, I am only a three followers away from 800 on Facebook. So to get 800 people followers, and I live in a small community in Frankfurt, Indiana, where there's only 16,000 people here, where at Indy, you're, you got a hundred thousand. So we're building small, we're working it up. The following's going great. I've been invited to schools for lunches. I've been invited to Christmas festivals, and I'm looking to get into the county fair this year. It's been pretty amazing the outreach that creating your own small business in a small community does. And the appreciation that when you go into these even smaller towns like Clarks Hill, which if you don't even, you probably have to look it up on a map, Michigan Town, Kirkland, Colfax, these, nobody knows where these little towns are unless you're from the area or you grab Google and look at them on your phone. But these towns are so appreciative. They show out for dinner and they're two, three hours and like half the community shows up, eat at my little trailer. So it's just been awesome. Um, we give back to the community as a part of my mission statement. So we open October 6th. As I said, we donated $300 to a local food pantry in the beginning of December um, for them to help feed some needy during the holiday seasons. Um, there's two sandwiches on my menu called the Bentley and the Braxton. Um, those are the names of my pups. Um, unfortunately, Bentley passed away in April of last year, but I had already started the process, so I kept him on. But we're writing a check for $202.50 to the Clinton County Humane Society for 5% of those sales from October 6th to December 31st. We'll also be donating to local parks departments, local schools, and when I say donating, I don't mean cutting a check to the general fund. I mean asking teachers what they need. Do I need to buy 100 bottles of sanitizer for their for their classrooms? Do I need to buy Kleenex? Do I need to buy crayons or, or colored pencils? Or what, or what does the parks department need? Do they need basketball nets? Do they need paint? Do they need a community day where we come up and pick up trash? Like, that's what we're going to do to help our small community through our business. And it's just been, it's just been amazing. It really has been. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's that's what uh, John and I are trying to do a lot of with this podcast is to try to get to get into a little bit more of the charity. Um, we already do a lot of stuff for the first tee, and um, we're look always looking for ways to help out. You know, that odd years of for junior golf specifically from say the age ten to. I don't know, 15, you know, those middle school years before you get into high school. Cause now it's like high school. Some of them have track mans for golf in high schools. Yeah. Um, well, and, and you just mentioned first tee. We have a charity event 
through the double legal tour. We're going to segue back to DET real yeah. quick before we go back in. We have a charity event. We always hold it at Woodland Trails in Yorktown. And what we do is, is it's a $20 buy-in and the tour sponsors five gift cards, two long drives, two uh, near pins and one long putt. And we've done charity event for probably 12 years and it's always goes to the first tee of Indiana. This year, we have a gentleman who is a member, I should say 2023. We had a gentleman who's a member who was riding his bike to raise funds for a kid that he's, his group sponsors with muscular dystrophy or some type of, of muscular disorder. And we gave him three, we gave him $300 this year as a part of the, as a part of the donation from our group. And, and we're not just about competitive golf. We're about taking care of each other when we can. So like you mentioned first tee and it got me onto that as well. Well, I, I cannot stress this enough. We're a good group of guys that genuinely care about people. So it's just something that I love being a part of. So, but I love that you're doing all that stuff with charity too, because there's a lot of people out there that are, that are well worse off than we are. And if we can participate in the ability to make their life or their day better, it, it, it's, it's great stuff. Yeah. And like I said, it's, it's just what, when you get to a certain point or you have a, you know, a certain amount of people with you or behind you or helping you out, you, I feel it's just your duty. That's something you've got to do. And um, not only in the out in the world and not just for golf either. It's just that uh, giving people the opportunity to get involved in the game of golf has, has been huge for me and, and helping people out and uh, just charity in general. I mean, it's, let's be honest. It's, it's the giver that gets most of the joy. You hate to look at it like that, but it, it does make you yourself feel good that, that you're helping out, that you're, that you're, you're making a difference for somebody, no matter how small uh, the effort is. It's the it's the effort is what's the rewarding part of everything. Um, so what what are your plans moving forward with Brandon's Burgers? Just kind of letting it letting it ride and see where it goes, or do you have? Well, it's it's a two person it's a two person operation right now. It's 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 family based, family ran. Everything that um, everything that comes through helps put food on my table. Um, so again, giving back to the community that gives to me is, is a pillar of my marketing strategy. Um, one of the things that has happened over this winter already is knowing that when you're cold, being a mobile food vendor where people have to go outside and order your food and wait is not the best business strategy. So I really want to get into a standalone building by this time next year, um, with, the budget the way I have and my projections the way it goes, I honestly think that I can get the liquid capital in place to go get a small business administration loan based off my profit and loss statements to where I can get a small, and don't laugh at me when I tell you this, shipping container restaurant. You can get high box shipping containers, nine feet tall, put a couple of those bad boys, three of those bad boys together, put in some windows, do some decoration, get it. They're amazing. They're amazing. And how they look, I would then change from Brandon's Burgers to Brandon's Burgers bin because, I mean, they're basically giant bins, B-I-N. Um, but I need a drive through I need a thing where people don't need to get out of their car so they can stay warm 
because I'm watching the Hawaiian shaved ice guy through winter from where I park from my home base, just getting, just being so busy. And I'm just watching them make all that money, realizing that I may need to change my business model with Skosh if I want to continue to be able to grow the business and to be able to give back more than I currently am. Brandon, you are probably talking to the right person because I tell you what, I love shipping containers. <laughs> I've been trying to tell my wife, let's get a, pl a plot of land on a lake and I'll just build us a house out of shipping containers. <laughs> it's so funny you, that you, you said the, that. You can get those one use ones that are primo. They'll last you for 20, 30 years. You, you don't have to do much in regards to like placing it on a pad of concrete. The startup cost is not that tremendous. So, I mean, I could probably put a whole one together, including all equipment and getting everything put together for under 50. So it's, I put 50 into my trailer. Yeah. So being able to do something like that is, is just, it's just another avenue that I would still use a trailer, go to events, go to the fairs, go to the different small communities, but to have a home base and to build a team where I can be on the trailer or be at the unit or be at home because I have a great team to where I can actually enjoy the fruits of that labor. That's the end game for me. Well, but I'm not, I wouldn't just look at it as, Hey, I'm building out a shipping container. It's also a very unique idea and it's going to be a very unique aesthetic, uh, depending on how you set it up and people, I think it'd be one of those things where you, where you leave it to where it actually looks still like, you know, the shipping container. So people can go, Oh man, look, you know, cause it's, it's oh, kind yeah, of a recycling gonna, thing, really. You it's going to get painted. I mean, my colors are basically red, white, and yellow. And there's reasons why it's red, white, and yellow. Um, marketing dictates, especially in the food industry that red, white, and yellow appeal to the masses as a location of warmth and trust. So you look at Wendy's, you look at McDonald's, you look at KFC, what are their primary colors? Red, white, red, white, yellow. Yeah. So that's a part of like why we did what we do because, and these shipping container buildings are really kind of neat because you can actually put dining on top of the container. Right. So if you put a couple of them side by side and then maybe have one that runs like perpendicular to it, I can have an upstairs dining that's outdoors and have those big giant umbrellas whenever it's not windy with the guardrails and whatnot. I can have my inside dining. I can have a place for local individuals that maybe want to do meetings. I can have a space where I can just close off. They can have their meeting and enjoy their food. Um, and again, I have my drive-through to where when the wintertime comes, people just drive around and I can expand my menu a little bit because I have more room. Right now, there's only so much so much quantity of food you can put and so many like different varieties of food you can put on a trailer. Because right now, it's hand-pressed burgers, hand-breaded chicken, and then my side items are tater tots, french fries, and onion rings. We do flavored lemonades, regular lemonades, canned sodas, and then we have fruit fusion drinks from a company called Lotus Plant Energy, which is all natural, natural plant energy. There's no like added caffeine, things like that into these. And they're, they're amazing. People love them. Pina colada, pineapple paradise, orange creamsicle. It's like a blast from our childhood right there. Even the color of this drink makes you think back to when you were a nine-year-old kid going to the ice cream truck getting that creamsicle pop off the off the creepy guy in the van that was smoking as it played the music down the street <laughs> now that brings back some memories i'm telling you man it's nostalgic <laughs> well brandon i really appreciate you coming on um 
is there what would you want to leave everybody with if even if it's uh from either det or let's just do both we'll do if both. you want to leave somebody with something as far as of why you would want them to come out det and then why you would want them to come out and try your uh, fabulous food at brandon's burgers well det is if you give us a chance and you come out and you play a few times with us you'll understand how much enjoyment you get not just from playing competitive golf but being around a good group of guys that genuinely care about you and your success as a person and as a family um i've got more i've had more people support me in my business adventure through my golf than people that i would probably classify as as, as genuine friends from childhood growing into growing up with um you can get a hold of us on facebook Double Eagle Tour of Indiana. You can send a message. It comes to me and another another board member, and we we'll talk it out and we'll reach out. Um, you can email us at det of Indiana at gmail.com or my phone number. You can always text 317 376 2403. Best ways to get a hold of us. We'll tell you about our schedule. Again, 16 events. We play all over the, the central Indiana. The longest drive is from is the Sultans, but the majority of our courses are within an hour. Um, Brandon's Burgers, you're really not going to have a better burger. You can follow me on Facebook at Brandon's Burgers LLC or on Instagram at Brandon's Burgers. And I post my schedule and location and hours every Monday for the next seven days because I do a lot of um, – Again, it's a mobile food business, so we'll go to different schools for, for lunch and we'll go to a home base or different places for dinner if we've been requested to go. Um, same phone number applies, or you can email me at brandonsburgersb2 at gmail.com. And other than that, like genuinely from the bottom of my heart, either adventure with the golf or the burgers, I appreciate you giving us an opportunity because without that opportunity, I don't have a chance to earn your trust, to earn your business, whether that's golf or, or, or food. So um, I thank you for this opportunity to be on the podcast and chat with you about what we have to offer. Um, when you asked me to be on it or you asked a board member to be on it, I was honestly, why would anybody want us? Um. But we have something special that we offer. We really do. And I'm glad that you being new to us last year kind of appreciated how we do things. It's it's solid. It's not it's not ego. It's not it's not um anything but the desire for everybody to enjoy themselves. And it's been fun getting to know you because you have that bigger background in golf than I do. And for you to come to us and be like, yeah, this is a pretty fun group, meant a lot to us. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. And I I, uh, I, I, I say that to everybody, but I'm just like you. It's it's, it's one of those things where you, you reach out to people and you want to get them on. And, you know, some people get a little shy about it, but um, I really appreciate it. You know, some people just don't want to get out and share, but I think – for me, I think getting the word out for DET and for Brandon's Burgers, I mean, I, I know the type of, of guy you are, and I know the 
the uh, way you run your business and the way you, you know, you handle yourself. And I think that, uh, I think you deserve to get a good shot. And I think DET, I think when everybody, you just get out there and I just hope everybody gets out, just give it a try, give it an event or two. And I think you'll, uh, I think you'll get sucked in from the, uh, the personalities that are out there and the fact that everybody out there is genuinely out there for the same reason you are. They just want to play some damn golf, really, if you could be honest. Yeah, and, it, and again, like I can't little guys really getting angry because he's we're getting ready to go to <laughs> getting ready to go to his aunt's house for some supper and he doesn't like getting changed. So <laughs> but um yeah, it's it's better than a men's league because you're not playing the same course every week. You're not playing nine holes every week against the same course. You're playing 18 holes every other week, the occasional back-to-back weeks, but not many. But you're playing against a different course. And I say you're playing against a course because, again, you're playing with you. You're playing against guys. But in the game of golf, it's really you against the course. Right. So we like that variety. We like that. And we play north, we play south, we play a little east, a little west. But the variety is amazing. We, we appreciate the opportunity. Um, Brandon's Burgers also loves to do graduations, weddings, any type of events. Uh, feel free to, to reach out and ask if you're interested. We will set something up. But uh, other than that, my man, I appreciate everything that you've done for me today, done for the tour, and, and just giving us this ability to, to chat. It's been some good stuff. All right, man. I really appreciate it. And I will let you know exactly what day this will come out. Um, it will come out on a Sunday because that's normally when I've been dropping the interviews uh, onto the Apple podcast and stuff. So I will give you a heads up. And if you could just go ahead and send me all that stuff because uh, I didn't write it down that fast. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, my man. I got and, you. Um, if you could, can you hang out for just a second after we're done? Yes, sir. All right. Well, everybody, I thank you for tuning in again. Uh, like I said, give DET a shot. All of the information will be posted on all of our social medias. It'll be posted within the show notes. Uh, we appreciate Brandon coming on. If you're around Indiana and you see Brandon's Burgers, you get online and you find out where he's at, go check him out. Get out the DET tour. If you have any questions or anything stop me from doing that, Hit me up. I will give you my honest opinion. Uh, we'll work something out and get you out there. Anyway, we will talk to you next time. Thank you. Bye.